and welcome to Automation and the Modern Dry Cleaner. This is episode 48 of the American Dry Cleaner podcast. I'm your host, Dave Davis, editor of American Dry Cleaner magazine. Whether it's to lessen the impact of a tight labor market or to make the best use of the labor they have, many dry cleaners are increasingly turning to automated systems and equipment to streamline their processes and serve their customers efficiently while maintaining quality. Joining us today for our discussion on the increasing role of automation in the modern dry cleaning plant are Christopher White, Executive Director of America's Best Cleaners, and Will Waterstrat, Managing Partner of Seattle-based Helena Cleaners. Helena Cleaners recently opened a new plant that embraced automation in many of its functions and was designed by White and ABC founder Ed Delicio. Chris, Will, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, it's our pleasure, Dave. Thanks for having us. And Chris, we'll get started with you. Uh, can you describe the mindset that goes into designing a modern plant when it comes to automation? What is the thought process when it comes to designing in the automation? So the first of the mindset goes into one is we build and design a plant with the end in mind. So we say, hey, to the owner, what's your goal here? What are you looking to do? What are the types of opportunities you see in the business? And then we'll design it based on a, a now, a two to three, a five to seven, a 10 to 15 year plan. Mm-hmm. And then based on their circumstances, the labor that they have, their budget, their constraints, the space. Um, then we start looking in and say, hey, well, well, here's where automation is going to be a great aid in meeting your goals mm-hmm. and to maintain the quality and the productivities that you need to meet those goals. It's that simple. And Will, turning to you, can you describe the automation in your newest plant? What can you do now that you might not have been able to do in the previous plant or do more efficiently? Well, Dave, our plant now is about 16,000 square feet. Previously, we were in about 6,000 square feet. Mm. The magnitude of difference through Chris's and Ed's design has leapfrogged us, I believe, years ahead. Um, A lot of the stuff, thanks to Chris, he introduced a lot of the future that we're looking at now. Some of the, the stuff that we incorporated I don't know if I had the optics without being having Chris associated to to the project. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from stomper presses and a very very primal uh, screw rail system to get closed to and from, and we were also doing assisted assembly, going to a Italian system that actually has assembly and an auto bagger to a distribution. Um, station that goes to each pressing station. So we have people who aren't leaving their station while they're pressing. With that, we've also incorporated our point of sale into each station. So there is a POS at each pressing station. Mm -hmm. And we also have added photographs within our point of sale. So everyone can, can track and see what they're supposed to be looking at. That's a huge leap in itself. That's not including we added a steam tunnel, we added a sweater board. Um, There's there's quite a few things that have helped us really ramp up the amount of work we can do and the type of work that we can do. Mm, That's great. That's great. So, Will, how has this automation affected the number of people on your payroll? We never intended, we don't want to lose the employees that we have. Mm. Um, What what has really helped us do is redistribute the employees correctly. Okay. We are previously doing assisted assembly and and manual bagging. 
So that helped us relocate two of those employees to a department we didn't have before, which was we started doing all our own flat iron work in-house. So we were able to create a new department um, and move those employees over. But ultimately, it, it has freed up in assembly actually probably three people because now it really comes down to someone who's inspecting and then someone who's loading the conveyor. And then after that, there's one person who is then distributing those to the routes that they actually belong to. So previously, let's say if, if we had six people, it has cut it in half. Um, when, it, when it comes to the actual pressing stations with having a conveyor that uh, distributes to each station, we're getting more production time at each station. So we don't have someone who's walking something up to the, the spotter and saying, hey, I have a spot here. And not only that, with loading all those items, what we've done is now that there's a centralized conveyor system that is dropping these off at each pressing station, where we've set up a post dry cleaning station where they're actually reviewing the garments, looking for spots, looking for damage so that when they actually do make it to a press, that we're eliminating a good portion of that so we can ca actually keep the production high. So those two things um, have actually those three things that you have bagging, you have assembly, you have production. Mm -hmm. Those have all helped tremendously. Yeah. And we should add well too, is like, you know, just taking into account like that one person that's going to be distributing to the routes that right now that that position will be eliminated within the next four months. And not you know, that again, the, the person's not being eliminated, just that role is mm -hmm. because it's going to be replaced by a, a conveyor that will be more efficient and will be able to optimize how the the route systems and the stores are then distributed and loaded into their trucks. Yeah, it's great that you're not just eliminating positions, but finding other opportunities for the labor you have, both for them and for growing your business. Yeah, because there's, there's labor issues. And once again, if... We always are trying to find a place or we're trying to actually, you know, elevate them to a new position, you know, regardless if that's if they have the skill set to be a CSR. We, we look at all avenues within what's under our roof to see how we can get them to fit in to to another position. Excellent. So moving on to an element that's a major factor in the decision, automation can require an upfront expense to get started. What would you say to cleaners who might balk at this initial outlay? What should they be looking for or expecting in terms of ROI? Immediately, the way I look at it is if I'm going to take a loan for this mm -hmm. in redistributing those employees, if I have a new department, I'm going to look at it. What's the, the revenue of the new department? Also, what revenue is actually getting taken out of a department? You know, so if I have I have now labor in assembly and I had take two people out, even if I have a let's let's just say I don't even have them go to a department. Two people in Seattle on a monthly basis is going to be about four thousand dollars. Okay. So that four thousand dollars is a payment on that new equipment. And so immediately it's just it's an apple for apple. You know, you're immediately just exchanging that one for another. Other than going through the the lake work of getting a loan and working through that, that is the only real loss that I would end up seeing is your time. But it's not loss. It's just effort and energy put into the greater good or, or the direction of the business where you're going. Um, but if you do then have the, the secondary effect is if you actually can put them in another department and either make that department healthier or grow that department, 
you're going to double dip because at that point, then you can create new revenue. So it's really hard to say that there is a, a downside to implementing automation. So did you have any misgivings or fears when you decided to embrace automation? Um, I will say that one of my bigger fears getting into it was maintenance of set equipment, mm. right? If something happens, if something goes wrong, like, do we have someone on site to fix it? And I, and I will tell you with the manufacturer that we went, we've gone through, it's been almost two years. And other than a few tightening of screws here and there, it is, it has been pretty seamless. And I, and I've ultimately been really, really happy with that. So Will, can you give us some examples of how the human element and the automation efforts in your plant have combined to make your operation more efficient? So if we throw barcoding in and then you have someone who's marking and close, that's all that does is, is aid in the current um, staffing that you have. Mm-hmm. Same thing when you start talking about assembly conveyors. Um, the assembly conveyor, you still have an employee there, but it aids in the amount of speed that it takes to get something on a conveyor. And they're no longer worried about organizing that piece. They're just worried about actually inspecting it, scanning it, putting it on the conveyor. Okay. Same thing when it comes to bagging, the, the bagging part is eliminated. Um, you know, that that's just now gone. So that's going to speed up the entire process. That also moving on to the pressing stations, you know, you, you get because of if you were to have a distribution conveyor or something sort something similar to that, what you have is you have a, a presser that can focus on being at their station, mm-hmm. um, going along with Chris and, and whatever type of pressing equipment you have. If, and I only say this because we were on stomper presses. If you get away from stomping stomper presses and I pressed clothes for years, so I understand what it does to your body. I never worked on air actuated equipment that was ergonomically correct. Um, not too long ago, just for fun, I jumped on one of the presses for like <laughs> three, four hours. And I thought within the first hour, my lower back was going to be on fire because that's normally what happens. And it takes me about three, four days to get conditioned to do that um, where I'm not feeling those body aches and pains. I jumped on there for three hours. I got off and it felt like, I mean, really other than just like lifting a cup of coffee to my lips, um, I didn't feel the way I thought I was going to feel. Hmm. And I couldn't contribute that to anything other than the equipment itself. And Will and Chris, uh, what should owners or management be aware of to make the change work for everyone? Overall, technology is a push in the right direction Mm -hmm. because I still don't think we're talking about eliminating humans, like full on gone. And the human adds community and adds, adds culture. And so that's one thing that I don't want to get too far away from is just redistributing those staff members and really trying to potentially give them opportunities in something that they normally wouldn't go into mm-hmm. just because you know you have someone who has actually bought into what your your culture and business is doing. So you're already ahead of the curve with that one employee if you know so I think that the technology is is a push in the right direction if you look at it correctly. Yeah, and just to piggyback on what Will's saying there is you know, a project like his and, and the leap that he took in space is like you have to wrap, get an owner to wrap their head around what this means. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is I bring comes to mind is learning how to empower your employees. This technology truly does empower your employees because one is they are able to do their job better. They enjoy doing their job. If your management is structured properly, you've empowered them to stop doing things when they don't see quality correctly and get it correctly. 
And gentlemen, for our final spin question, what one idea would you like our listeners to take away with them when it comes to increasing the automation in their plant or taking their first steps into the automation waters? Uh, Will, you want to start? You know, the first step is going to be overcoming yourself. You know, I, I mean, I really think that that's the first step. I mean, no shame, but there's still people who aren't barcoding and not understanding that the amount of, of leverage that gives you just in even collecting the right price for the right garment, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I would first say my biggest thing is you have to get over the the hurdle of yourself and what you how you think you're an expert. Um, I would also say definitely enlist people who are experts. So my biggest Achilles heel was me. I I must have had a moment in time where I was humbled enough to take the advice and move forward with it. And Chris, we'll let you have the final word. Will took my thunder thunder (laughs) on that one because that was what I would say. So my my rap on that would be you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. And so... You know, and the other thing is, remember to the owners that you are building a plant for the future, not the past. And so you have to be willing to accept that. And I think it's also that you have to realize that, yes, there are people in the allied trade space that are out there selling you products and they're selling you products or solutions, but they're not selling them because they want them to fail or they want you to fail. They just want to sail. There's honest, good people in this industry that want to do the right thing by you because they're all about building relationships. And as this industry has continued continue to consolidate, there's a lot of great advice out there. And so I would say, get out of your own way in regards to your hypercriticism, your cynicism, or whatever it may be, and expand yourself to be curious and not a critic. And you will exponentially expand the value of yourself and your goals towards success and what you can do for your people so much further. Chris, Will, you've given us a lot of great information to think about, about the increasing role of automation in the modern dry cleaning plant. Thanks so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Our pleasure. Our guests today have been Christopher White, Executive Director of America's Best Cleaners, and Will Waterstrat, Managing Partner of the Seattle-based Helena Cleaners. The American Dry Cleaner Podcast is produced by American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago. The music for this podcast, Brand New Day, is by Alvaro Angeloro and provided by HookSounds.com. Our podcasts are available free at our website, AmericanDryCleaner.com, and you can check out our weekly e-newsletter, The Wire, to learn about future episodes. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about the podcast, along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Dry Cleaner Podcast, this is Dave Davis, and I'll see you at the front counter again soon. Music